Oh, baby boy. Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRent Radio. Here today for August 18th, 2015, I am Graham Jesus Matthews. And more importantly, we are only five days away. Five days, five days, five days, five days, five days away, people, until WWE SummerSlam in the Parkglaze Center in Brooklyn, where yours truly will be in attendance. Oh my god, the card is shaping up to be beautiful. Raw has been great for the last number of months. Leading up to SummerSlam this Sunday, we've got NXT TakeOver on Saturday. It's going to be a blockbuster weekend, folks. And we're breaking it all down right here today on WrestleRant Radio. Full predictions for the entire NXT TakeOver Brooklyn card, in addition to SummerSlam on Sunday night. So sit back and relax as you listen to my picks, previews, and predictions for this Saturday's NXT TakeOver event in addition to SummerSlam on Sunday. But I'm not doing it alone, people. I am not doing it alone. Joining me will be none other than Michael Yoder, a veteran here on the show, as well as Arden Franklin at Arden Sports Talk on the Twitter. Joining me here today for a full preview of both blockbuster events in Brooklyn this weekend. Enjoy, folks. Alright folks, we are only 5 days away from SummerSlam this upcoming Sunday, only 4 days away from NXT TakeOver Saturday, and of course joining me for exclusive predictions for both shows this upcoming weekend, we've got Mike Yoder. Mike, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on? Nothing much, and Arden, how's it going with you today as well? It's going pretty good, man. Going pretty good. I had a uh, pretty good day eating some dinner right now, but it's been pretty good, man. Sounds good. And of course, you'll be at SummerSlam on Sunday as well. Is that correct? Yeah, man. That's how it's looking like right now. You know, uh, far anything crazy, I should be at SummerSlam. I definitely will be at Monday Night Ball. Like, that's a definite. But uh, SummerSlam, yeah, I should be good, man. I should be good. Nice. That's going to be a crazy weekend. we got TakeOver on Saturday, SummerSlam on Sunday, Raw on Monday. It's going to be a great weekend for wrestling. But kicking it off, though, as I mentioned, Saturday night, NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn in the Barclays Center. The opening match, we've got a few more matches just announced by Triple H. We won't spend too much time on these matches. Um, but kicking off the show, though, is Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Emma and Dana Brooke in a fatal four-way matchup. So, Michael, start with you. Who do you see coming out on top in this one? Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Emma, or Dana Brooke? Um, that's uh, actually tough. Uh, I'm gonna go. Is it a four-way match? Yeah, fatal four-way. Nothing on the line though. Um, we'll say the four-way. Yeah, the four-way. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's established. Yeah, so I mean, it really could go either way. You have four women who could, and any one of these guys has a chance of winning it, so I have my money. Probably, I'd go with Charlotte. I would probably have Dana, Bo- have Dana Brooke win, but uh, Charlotte seems like the likely winner. But Arden, who do you got going over here between Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Emma, and Dana Brooke? Yeah, Becky's a good pick. Like you said, she's already on the main roster as well, along with Charlotte. And Emma is already kind of on there. Dana Brooke is NXT exclusive. But all four of them are great, and I'm looking forward to the match. It should be a solid wrestling match. So after that, we have an eight-person tag team match. 
We've got Enzo More, Colin Cassidy returning home to Brooklyn, a team with the Hype Bros, Zack Ryder, and Mojo Raleigh, against the team of Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, and the Mechanics. So, Arden, I'll start with you. Of these two teams, of compromising of, of two teams here, uh, who do you see going over? The Enzo More, Colin Cassidy, and the Hype Bros, or the team of Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, and the Mechanics? Uh, the last team are Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, and the Mechanics. Uh, from what I've been hearing from those that have been watching NXT, some folks really like that team and the Mechanics. They told me to watch out for them. And you know what? I think I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with uh, Team Mechanics. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good as well. I think Jason Jordan and Chad Gable have a lot of potential. Both those teams, I mean, the NXT Tag Team Division is really starting to blossom in recent weeks. Um, the mechanics are pretty good. So of the two teams, I'd probably go with the Babyfaces, Amora and Cassidy, considering they are in their hometown. They are in Brooklyn. They're going to get a mega reaction in front of that hometown crowd. So I'm going to probably have to go with them to pick up the victory. So we got 1-1 one, one here, one for the Babyfaces, one for the Heels. Mike, who do you see going over, the Babyfaces or the Heels in this scenario? Hey, Mike, you there? Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought my connection is terrible. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. I got, um, the, like I said, I haven't been paying too much attention to the, the undercard um, for TakeOver, but um, I got, I'm going to go with the Nintendo Boys team, because I said that Brooklyn is going to get a reaction, um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, a lot of these matches don't even matter, but just for the undercard, though, it seems like it's going to be a good match regardless just to get everybody in the card. So after that, we have Eve Marie versus Carmella, and this should be pretty obvious, but uh, I got Eve Marie going over. They're really obviously trying to reestablish her as a threat in the ring. So, Mike, who do you see going over here, Eve Marie or Carmella? Uh, you can go ahead, Arden. Yeah, Eva Marie seems like the logical pick here. She's trying to train. She's doing a lot of stuff with Brian Kendrick, which is cool, but uh, they're obviously right trying to reestablish her right now. And then Carmella, I mean, it's weird. They, they were trying to make her baby face for a while, but considering Carmella, they're going to be in Brooklyn. She's probably going to get a pretty good reaction in front of her you know, hometown crowd. So I'm surprised they're putting her up against her, but still, though, it seems like Eva Marie is the, uh, is the logical pick to win here. But, Mike, who do you got going over here, Eva Marie or Carmella? Yeah, she makes the most sense. So three 0 for Eva Marie there. After that, we got Apollo Cruz making his NXT debut, the former Wuhan Nation, taking on the 10-count man, Ty Dillinger. So he's obviously going to be making his in-ring debut. Obviously, I got Apollo Cruz in this situation. So, Mike, who do you see going over here, Apollo Cruz in his debut match, or Ty Dillinger? Yeah, I think that uh, Ty Dillinger. No, I'm just kidding. There's no fan. <laughs> 
He makes the most sense. So go ahead, Arden. So who do you got going over here? You got Apollo Cruz or Ty Dillinger? Arden, it's your pick. Yeah, he makes the most sense. So I've got Apollo Cruz in this situation too. After that, we got Bull Dempsey making his re-debut. He's doing this whole fit character thing now, I guess. But he's taking on Elias Sampson. Um, pretty obvious outcome here, but I've got Bull Dempsey going over. Elias Sampson is essentially a jobber. Um, but Arden, who, you got, who do you got going over in this matchup between Bull Dempsey and Elias Sampson? Oh, uh, a Bull Dempsey and Elias Sampson. Yeah, I think he's a guy that has potential. He's been labeled as like a jobber for the longest time, but I think he's a guy if they got behind and they tried to repackage him, he could do pretty well for himself. But um, I'm going to go with Bull Dempsey here. I think although Elias Sampson is the better of the two, they're really trying to push, or not push, or at least they're trying to um, reconfigure the image of Bull Dempsey with this new character or whatever. So I've got Bull Dempsey in this situation. Uh, Mike Yoder, who do you got going over in this match, Bull Dempsey or Elias Sampson? Yeah. Yeah, I've got Bull Dempsey going over here too. So going to the main matches, the NXT Takeover, we have Samoa Joe making his. Uh, in-ring debut at the NXT Live Specials, taking on Baron Corbin. So, Arden, in this matchup, who do you think is going to win, Samoa Joe or Baron Corbin? Well, you got to go with Samoa Joe. I mean, they've been building up for the longest. The NXT length of WWE has been a thing in the making for, you know, God knows how long. For him to actually be in the ring in terms of wrestling doing his thing, I really can't see them making a move, especially on a stage like this, though. I think... I agree. I feel like everything they've done with him up to this point would be a waste. I mean, they've been really trying to build up Samoa Joe as a legitimate threat, as a top star almost on NXT since he debuted back in May. It's kind of like a big deal, but they really haven't done much with him, and they're putting him in a match with Baron Corbin. So it makes sense. They have to have Samoa Joe win here. Baron Corbin's been kind of beating all these other jobbers for the longest time now, so it makes sense for Samoa Joe to win. So 2-0 for Samoa Joe. Mike, who do you have winning here, Samoa Joe or Baron Corbin? 
Nice, interesting pick, Baron Corbin. Like you said, it could very well go either way, but Baron Corbin is the bold pick. And, I mean, I could definitely see him going over. I want Samoa Joe to win. Um, but there's a chance he could pick up the victory and kind of, you know, give, give him a win over an established theme. So I can absolutely see that happening. So after that, speaking of established names, we have Jushin Thunder Liger making his WWE debut with NXT TakeOver, taking on NXT's own Tyler Breeze in what should be a great wrestling match. So, Michael, I'll start with you. Who do you see going over here, Jushin Thunder Liger making his WWE debut, or Tyler Breeze? Oh, sorry, say uh, We got Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Tyler Breeze. Who do you think is going over here? I definitely see they're bringing, like you said, they're bringing him in as a nostalgia act. So, I mean, they're trying to get some big names for the show, kind of add some star power. So, I could definitely see that, you know, why they're bringing him in for that reason. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of the two, I think Jushin Thunder Liger, they might give him a, his first WWE win. Tyler Breeze, he's a guy that could take a loss, but he needs the more momentum right now. But between the two, I would give the win to Tyler. But uh, my prediction remains with Liger. I feel like they are going to give them that, give him that good feel win in his first WWE match. So, Arden, in this match, who do you see going over, Tyler Breeze or Jushin Thunder Liger? I'm going with Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze is a guy who I started watching NXT. Nice 
Yeah, Tyler Breeze, as I mentioned, of the two, definitely needs to win more, and I feel like he is main roster ready. He's been in NXT for years now. Um, it's just a matter of them just kind of finding direction for the guy. He's a really good in-ring athlete. They just need to find what to do with him. Um, but from there, though, we transition to the championship matches on the night's card. We got Blake and Murphy defending the NXT Tag Team titles against the team of the Vaude Villains, uh, Aiden English, and Simon Gotch. So, Arden, I start with you. Who do you see coming out on top of the NXT titles in tow? The Vaude Villains or Blake and Murphy? And, uh, when did the champs get the belt again? Like, I saw that and I forgot that one. When did they get the belt? Uh, Blake and Murphy won the championships, I think, back in, like, January. So they've been champions for a long time now. All right. Uh, I think it's time for a change. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time for a change. You know, they've had their work five, six months. And I think the WWE as a whole, they're in a position where they really need to start developing a tight position on both levels. You know, uh, I think the town goals there, bring it back. But again, like I remember when I first started watching the WWE, the tag team division was absolutely stacked. Like I was there to see the Debbie Boys, I was there to see the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, uh, Chris Benoit versus Hillman, Chris Jericho, and all these great tag teams. And now it's really lacking in that department. I mean, it's making a little comeback. You know, shout out to the New Day and Primetime players. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, let's, let's, let's have the belts of hands. You know, let's have the belts of hands. I agree. I mean, like I said, they've been champions since January, and they've kind of run through every team possible, so it only makes sense for them to lose the titles on this show. They had a title match a couple weeks ago in NXT. They won that match via, like, DQ or something like that, so it only makes sense for the Villains to finally win the tag team titles on this show. I wanted it to be Enzo and Cass, but... The Vaude Villains will settle. So I've got them going over as well to win the Tag Team Championships. So Mike, who do you see going over in this matchup, the Tag Team Title Contest, Blake and Murphy or the Vaude Villains? Um, I'm going to go home. I'm going to hate this matchup. Um, I don't know. I think you're a big fan of them too. I'm a big fan of uh, Big Bang. And then that kind of matchup was like a Yeah, they seem like the logical pick to come out on top in this matchup as the tag team champions. But it should be a good match regardless. Hopefully Enzo and um, Big Cass are main roster bound before long. So after that, for the NXT Women's Championship, we got Sasha Banks, the boss, defending against Bayley. Um, my pick is obvious here. I'm going to have to go with Bayley. It's been long enough. She will become the NXT Women's Champion on this show. So Mike, who do you see coming out on top with the NXT Women's title? Sasha Banks or a new champion in Bayley? I'm going to go with Bailey. I'm just not really sure what finish they're going to do because I can't have, you know, Sasha Banks, she just made, she just made like, the Diva Champion kind of Yep. I love what they're doing with the Diva Champion. Typically, and they say thing happens with Kevin Owens, if they have you on the main roster, they're not really going to have you have the title for too long. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go with Bailey. I just think it might be under a Kyle. I don't think it's going to be a clean victory or whatever. I can see, like, Nikki Bella or someone, like, distracting, um, distracting Sasha to set up the, the match at SummerSlam. Um, so I don't think it'll be clean at all, but I, I can see Bailey winning the uh, one title. 
Yeah, I've got Bailey going over here too. Like I said, it's been long enough for her to win the championship. And also the fact, like like you said, Sasha Banks has been built up so strongly on the main roster since she made her debut last month. It's going to be interesting to see how they settle the um, the finish of the contest, whether they have Banks win clean or whether they have Bailey win clean or via interference or whatever, um, especially considering she will be in a match the next night at SummerSlam. But still, though, the outcome remains the same. Bailey will, will win the NXT Women's Championship on this show. So, Arden, who do you see going over in this contest, Bailey or Sasha Banks? Um, I was actually going to stick with Sasha Banks, but hearing both of your guys' points, Kevin Owens did hold the NXT title for quite a while before he eventually dropped it. He was in the main roster for maybe two months before he finally dropped the NXT championship. So I could see that being a possibility. The only thing is that Owens dropped the belt at a special, you know, at, uh, at the Beast in the East thing in July. I feel like after this after this weekend, I don't know when the next live special will be where Sasha Banks can possibly drop it. Um, so that could be a possibility. I can absolutely maybe see her retain here if that's the case, if they want to keep the title on her. For a little while, if she's going to be holding it on, you know, while she's on Raw. Um, but that's interesting. I could definitely see a scenario where Sasha Banks wins, but my pick remains with Bailey. I feel like it's her time and she will come out on top as the new women's champion. So we get to the main event. We got Finn Balor contending for the gold, or defending the gold, rather, against the former champion Kevin Owens in NXT's second ever ladder match. So, Mike, I'll start with you on this one. Who do you see ascending the ladder and reclaiming the NXT championship, Finn Balor or Kevin Owens? Um, I think it's kind of easy. I uh, maybe not that easy. <laughs> I got Finn Balor going over. Last time I was on the podcast, but Balor is going to be an absolute star. Um, you know, when he comes out, I think it's um, he's going to be an absolute star. You know, I think he's a little bit Jeff Hardy, and I think he's got more star potential than than a Jeff Hardy. Um, I love that whole demon gimmick. Um, and they kind of need, they need to hold down big time. Uh, in the interview, um, not that going against Cesaro's, you know, huge, huge, uh, downgrade. Uh, but I think they, they do got to make, uh, Owens a little stronger than they have. I, I got Balor going over, but again, if, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not clean or whatever. Um, the ladder match does kind of protect him from not being pinned. Um, but, I, like I said, I think it's easy. Ballard will win. Um, the NXT crowd loves him, and when he comes to the main roster, he's going to be an absolute star. But I, I, they do need to do a better job of protecting uh, Owen. 
I absolutely agree on the point what you said. I mean, I think everyone can agree that Finn Balor, when he gets to that main roster, the guy is going to be an absolute star based off his mic skills, his in-ring ability, his entrance. Everything about him screams star. And right now, they're doing a really good job with him in NXT as a champion. This might be his first title defense. So, like I said, I don't really see the point of taking the title off of him so soon, especially considering Kevin Owens is main roster exclusive. He will be wrestling at SummerSlam the very next night against Cesaro, which we'll get to in a little bit. So it wouldn't make any sense to have Kevin Owens win unless they want to have him do double duty, which, again, wouldn't make sense. So I have to go with Finn Balor here, but I am expecting a great match in these two. I enjoyed the ladder match they had between, I think it was Neville and Bo Dallas a year and a half ago in the first ever NXT special. So now we kind of come full circle. So the match should be great, but my outcome is, or my prediction is very much the same as yours, Mike. Um, Finn Balor is still the NXT champion. So Arden, I'm going to get your thoughts on Finn Balor and Owens. Who do you see winning the ladder match and reclaiming the NXT championship? Yeah, this match is, I mean, who knows before we get to, uh, you know, to the WWE's part when we're discussing their matches. But for NXT, I think this is as easy as a match to pick. It has to be Finn Balor for all the reasons that you guys said. Again, you know, he, he just won the championship like last month. Like, he just won it last month. He's that guy at NXT right now. He has to take over. And, you know, I know he's going to be called to the main roster, but I don't think it's going to be relatively soon. Like, they need him to be down there. He keeps the ball rolling for the most part. It's that guy with Kevin Owens at, you know, on the main roster. And I think with Kevin Owens, it makes no sense to put the belt back on him. I honestly think if he wins, that would be like taking a step backwards. You know, I just mm-hmm. think he lost the belt. He had his run in NXT. He was the guy. He had a lot of great moments. But if you're trying to transition him into being a legitimate WWE superstar, you can't have him holding the secondary brand belt. Like, that doesn't make no sense to me whatsoever. They can put on another great match like you could do on all of 2015. But he has to lose there and help him as he tries to make the transition to being a full-time WWE superstar. And help out Finn Balor as he's the champion, as he's the face of NXT. So again, he's going to be down there for basically... Quite a while. I mean, who knows? I can't say quite a while, but he's going to be down there for a while. So I just think it's easy and it makes kind of sense. Make those two have a great match. Five star caliber match. But Ben Balor has to come out on top. I agree, yeah, but having Kevin Owens win that championship would indeed be a step back, unless they plan on having him do both NXT and the main roster. Like I said earlier, it wouldn't make any sense. The guy has had his time in NXT, like you said, he was the face of the promotion for as long as he was. It's Kevin, it's uh, Finn Balor's time now. He won the championship. Give him a decent reign, and he's got a number of, you know, some really good matches, a number of great opponents lined up. In Tyler Breeze, Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn when he gets back, Katie with Tommy, and a few others, Apollo Crews, and a number of others in NXT right now. So, you know, three for three, Finn Balor coming out on top, still the NXT champion. So from there, we transition into SummerSlam on Sunday night. Once again, shaping up to be a stellar show. Cannot wait for it. Um, but kicking off here for the WWE Tag Team Titles, a fatal four-way tag team match. We've got the primetime players, hashtag millions of dollars, defending the belts against The New Day. The Lucha Dragons and the Los Matadores. So, like I said, Fatal 4-Way Tag Team rules for the tag team titles. So, Arden, I'll start with you. Who do you see of these four teams coming out on top with the NXT Tag Team Championships? Or with the WWE Tag Team Titles, excuse me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, man, I'm with the prime time players, bro. Like, they got, they, they need to keep going. Man, those guys in the WWE for quite some time. They finally got the goal. I feel like it's a new day. I feel like they've worked over the last few months. Ever since they really got going, that's been pretty good. 
to where they should be rewarded with another tag team trainer too. So I don't think they need to rush that. I think with the prime time players, I mean, those two together, I mean, they're pretty old. Like, I'm pretty sure those guys are, what, in mid to late 30s, while New Day Silver guys in their 20s, maybe going on early 30s. So I just think with prime time, man, let those guys have their fun. Put on another good match. You don't need to take the belt off them. You know, New Day, like I said, man, they're going to be together for a while. I mean, they should be together. I know we're in the time of that very week will be, like, the sudden change of the trades of teams and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think that's the fact that they should stay together the same way Prime Time's been together. It's not right there for this place. And let them keep it, man. Let them keep it. Definitely shouldn't be most matter, though. Definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going with Prime Time, man. I'm going with Prime Time. Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, like you said, absolutely never the Matadors should be coming close to winning those tag team titles. They always find themselves in these kind of matches. WrestleMania last year, WrestleMania this year, now this match. I don't know why, but it just happens. So, But they should not be winning here. The Dragons, I feel like it's too soon. They're a great team, but not right now. It really all comes down to the players in the New Day. Now, I thought the New Day was going to win back the belts as soon as last month. And I'm a huge Primetime Players fan. I'm so happy for the guys. They're gradually getting more and more over by the week. And I'm glad to see that they're finally having a decent reign as tag team champions. But like you said, the New Day have become even more entertaining as heels in the last couple of months. And as of right now, are the most overact in the tag team division. So personally, I would like to see the primetime players win. I would have no problem with them retaining here. But I feel like with the New Day losing and losing and losing, Booking 101 says um, they regain the gold on Sunday and they probably kick off their second reign as NXT or WWE. I keep on saying NXT. WWE tag team champions. Um, so I'm going to go with the New Day. I feel like the primetime players should win, but I would not be surprised to see. And my pick is the New Day winning here to regain the WWE tag team title. So, Mike, who do you see going over of these four teams, the players, the New Day, the Dragons, or the Matadors? Um, it's kind of like, just, I don't want to be that horse, uh, but I, exactly what you just said, never the Matadors, <laughs> never. Uh, it's too soon for the Lucha Dragons, although I'm a big fan of them. Uh, it comes down to New Day, it comes down to the primary players. I don't like, you know, since the fact that they have I don't think, like, they have been getting more and more older by the week, um, but I feel like the tag titles have dropped big time in prestige over the past, you know, six months or so. Uh, it's not, it's not contact players' fault, by I mean, yeah. um, which is kind of the booking, but I would like to see New Day go over. Um, they're entertaining as heels. You know, there was, you know, even, I don't even say maybe two months ago, they were tr- probably top of the um, So, they're not, maybe not the top heels, but they they were up there. They're entertaining. Um, maybe switch it up. Yeah, so I can see the New Day going over here. We got the New Day going over. Arden's got the primetime player. So either way, one of these two teams should hopefully be coming out on top with the WWE Tag Team titles. Wouldn't mind a Lucha Dragons win, but like we all agreed, it's too soon for them and never ever the Matadors. And the bottom line, they should not be winning the belts here. But after that, though, adding to the card, we've got, you know, just added this past Monday night, Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. I thought at one point it was going to be an intergender tag team match with Summer Rae and, Lan- with, uh, Summer Rae and Lana, but that's not apparently the case. But it is Ziggler versus Rusev one-on-one. So, uh, Mike, what's your prediction for this contest? Who do you see coming out on top, Dolph Ziggler or Rusev? Um, first thing first, what are we going to do? Is he too good to, to, good to uh, talk <laughs> podcast? Yeah, I, 
He said he was busy tonight. I think he was able to do it earlier, but he couldn't do it right now. But I said to him that he can be on the show next week to review it. So if we have you on the show again next week, we'll be able to have RJ on the show. We can all review the show together. Unsurprisingly, shockingly. Big time. So I want to see Dolph go, but I feel like Dolph is also like the, like the you know the WWE like stepping stone, you know. So I could see Rusev uh, winning this to give him some momentum back. Um, you might even I think you did write an article about it on What Culture. Nice little plug I gave you there. But thank you. The, the, uh, it was a great article. I mean, the, the amount of times where you think that Dolph is going to go to that next level, go take that next step, and they just don't do anything with him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like his time, he's still young, but I feel like his, his time is running out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Rusev, uh, but I could easily see Dolph winning. I'm a big Dolph fan, like I said. Uh, I'm going to go with Rusev, though. I think the match could be good. It's not even, I mean, I, I would love to see Ziggler win. It's more so about the feud itself. I mean, Ziggler just came back, and the feud's been kind of on hold since he left about a month ago to go film that movie. But, you know, this feud has been going on for like three months now, and no one cares about it. Dolph Ziggler's so over, but this feud has managed to bring him down a few pegs. It, you know, the whole, Rusev is funny at, at times, and um, but it just him and him and uh, Summer have zero chemistry. Ziggler and Lana have zero chemistry. I just want to see this feud end. So I'm hoping this is the be all end all of the rivalry, and then we can finally move on to bigger and better things for both guys after this Sunday. Um, but as for the match itself, though, I mean it should be good. They've had decent matches in the past. Um, I could definitely see Rusev winning. Both guys kind of need wins right now. Like you said, Ziggler is kind of the uh, you know uh, essential stepping stone in WWE. Um, that's kind of always been the case, and Rusev. Like you said, unshockingly, the guy's been uh, you know in kind of a holding pattern since the Cena feud earlier this year. So I could see either guy winning here. Um, but given that it's SummerSlam and Ziggler just came back and they want to have you know a, a hero's reaction for him, whatever, I could see him winning here. I don't see him like ascending to even you know main events or even mid card for that matter. But I, I do see him winning this match, you know, somehow or some way. Maybe some interference from Lana to um, hopefully end the feud once and for all. I don't. I don't think that's the case, but that's what I hope to happen. So, Arden, yeah, who do you? There, there, well, I mean, we could talk about it for probably a half hour. Uh, we don't too much into it, but their booking of Ziggler is literally just like mind blowing. Yeah, I, yeah. I had that, and I think they even told you like his the reaction was like the booking they gave him for Survivor Series this past year. You know, they could have picked anyone on that team of five. You know, typically it's Cena who does that. But um, they made, you know, Dolph was three-on-one. And I know he had help from Sting, but to give Dolph that win was huge for him. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to go to the main event level right after that. And they kind of dropped the ball with him. Um, they said, we've been talking for a half hour about how many times WWE's kind of missed the Dolph Ziggler train. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I could definitely see him going over. 
Yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate because he's a guy that I've said time and time again has all the tools to be a top-tier player in WWE, but they just continue to drop the ball on him, as you said, with Survivor Series being a prime example. The guy just won the main event of one of WWE's biggest pay-per-views, one of their biggest matches of last year, you know, involving the debut of one of the biggest names of all time in Sting, and then six weeks later, he's, you know, quote-unquote, fired from the company, he drops the IC title, and he's back to where he started, he's back to square one. And even now, you know, people, he still gets great reactions, don't get me wrong, but I feel like a lot less people care about ever, him ever getting the main event because they know it's not going to happen because we've just been, we've been just kind of desensitized to his, um, you know, start and stop pushes over the last couple of years. So it's a sad story, but, you know, it's it's kind of like they've been the, uh, the, the case with Ziggler for a while now. So I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of flounders after SummerSlam. But, you know, I, I do see him winning here, like I said. But Arden, who do you see going over in this match, Rusev or Dolph Ziggler? You know, most times I will go with Ziggler, but I'm going to go with Rusev just because I think in terms of the guy who really needs it, along with if you're trying to switch it up, you need to go with Rusev because most people are basically going to assume because of Ziggler's return on Monday and during who Ziggler is, they'll be like, well, Ziggler is going to win. But at the same time, I also think about it from this point of, but. Who is more flexible in terms of coming off a win or a loss? And I think off a loss, it's Dolph Ziggler. Because there's so many ways you can go with Dolph Ziggler. And plus, he's already established, you know? And mm-hmm. it goes back to what you guys are saying about the whole becoming desensitized towards Ziggler not being the main eventer. Like, everybody and their mother thought that was going to be him at the Survivor Series last year. But it didn't happen. And... It's also a matter of if he beats Rusev, okay, you beat Rusev, and it's like, all right, but then there's a what's next. And yeah. nobody really knows what's next as Ziggler wins. But with Rusev, you could see, you know what, he beat Ziggler, nobody really expected that. All right, maybe I can see what, I can see, maybe I can see what they're going to do with him. Not to mention that he just needs it. Give him a nice win over a guy like Ziggler, you know, and then from there you could build on him. But I just think for the most part, you got to give it to him. Make it, it's going to be unexpected. And he needs it more than Ziggler. There's more benefits to him winning than Ziggler winning. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. I just feel like with the story they're definitely telling, with the story they told, like you even said at the start there, that when he just came back, um, that it seems like you know Ziggler is a logical winner. So therefore, I'm going with him. But you make a great point with Rusev that he definitely needs the win more because I think he is... I mean, they've damaged him over the last couple of months, don't get me wrong, but Ziggler has been, you know, start and stop, start and stop, where I don't think he's ever really going to get back to that level where he's in contention for the WWE World Heavyweight title. Rusev may be the same case, but I feel like he um, is not damaged goods up to this point, and there is still some kind of hope for his push. So a win on on Sunday would definitely um, help him with that. So it could very well go either way. You guys got Rusev, I got Dolph Ziggler, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, who ends up winning that matchup. But after that, though, for the Intercontinental Championship, a triple threat match. Ryback is back in action, defending the gold, and a triple threat against Big Show in The Miz. So, Arden, I'll start with you. Who do you see winning this triple threat to capture the Intercontinental Championship? I'm going with Ryback, man. You know, he's really brought back some value to the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> Not necessarily the same way Cena has with the United States, though, but... Mm-hmm. It's been nice with him having that belt, man. And, you know, they don't, first of all, you don't really even need to give it a big show. Like, we all know why. We don't need to give it a big show. The Miz, I don't know. I just thought if you give it back to the Miz, it's not going to be beneficial to anybody involved yep. as a Miz. So, mm-hmm. 
of a running back, this is a guy who, again, you're trying to make him into the next star of the company. Not maybe the main guy, but you want him to, if let's say there's somebody that's the main guy, you want him to be behind that guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, along with others. So I just think he has to keep it out. There's no benefit to Big Show winning. There's no benefit to the Miz winning. Ryback's that guy with the belt right now. Let him carry it. Let him do whatever he wants today. Because ever since he's came back, he's worked really hard. The audience is behind him. And he's been putting on some pretty solid performances. So I'm going with Ryback. I totally agree. And I mean, I wrote an article about this a couple days ago, but I see no reason why Ryback should lose here under any circumstance. Big Show is Big Show. My thoughts on him are very well documented. There is no reason why he should win the title on this show. And The Miz, I like The Miz, but he held the title a couple times last year. It did nothing for the championship. It really didn't anything for him. And he's a guy that could just talk his way into getting heat. He does not need a championship, at least at this point in time. Um, he could just be a guy that people work with to get heat for themselves and be involved in a good feud. So he doesn't need to win here. Ryback must win. And I'm with you. I feel like I have definitely enjoyed his reign since winning it um, You know, back at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view three months ago. He's over. He's improved his promos. His matches are better. He's adding more moves to his arsenal. Um, like I said, the people are finally behind him. And he's winning matches. You know, like you said, it's not exactly to the level of John Cena as U.S. champion where the belt is being defended every single week. But something that's being with you know the case with Ryback that wasn't the case with a lot of the past IC champions is that is that he's not being treated like an afterthought. Like he has feuds, he's not losing to losers on TV every single week, thus diminishing the credibility of the belt. You know, Bad News Bear is being a prime example. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they're finally doing something with him in both the championship. I think it's beneficial to both parties, and there's no reason why he should win here. So I'm with you on Ryback winning this match, still the Intercontinental Champion. So Mike, who do you see going over here, Ryback, Miz, or Big? Big show. Um, Ryback's another one where the amount of times where you think that he'll break that next level, it's just like the incompetence of their booking sometimes is unreal. Um, you know, when he first came in, you thought he'd be a next star, and he fought Cena, and it went down. A <laughs> um, you know, then he, and when he came back right around Survivor Series this past year, I thought. He must be in that spot that Ziggler was. I thought he was in for a big push. They even teased like, they even teased like him versus Triple H at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think I think Radek absolutely should win. I think Radek needs to win. Um, even if you take away his potential star power just by process of elimination, like you guys said, Big Show doesn't does not need any sort of title <laughs> at this point in his career. Um, the Miz the Miz you know he's like you said he's going to be a heel a great heel um, I actually like the Miz I, people hate him but I think he's a great heel people hate him which means he's doing his job <laughs> yep he's, a, he's an incredible heel he does not need though the uh, he does not need the Intercontinental Championship either so I'd like to see Ryback with it for at least a few more months um, I want to see him move away from this feud uh, try and you know, go against someone a little bit more established, mm-hmm. um, you know, but because this feud honestly is not really doing anything for me. Um, but I do like, I like where Ryback's at. I like, unfortunately, he got hurt, but I like where he's headed. I like his potential. Um, definitely keep it on him, and you know, hopefully, the, the prestige of the IC title keeps keeps rising. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ryback. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, it continues the momentum. 
And I totally agree with Arden, too. I think he made a great point in that he's never going to be the main guy. Like you said, he was in the feud with Punk and with Cena for a while, and he never really broke the glass ceiling. And I think the role they have him in right now is perfect for him. I mean, he's never going to be world champion. At least I don't think so. But the role they have him in right now as kind of like an upper mid-card guy, kind of sometimes facing guys like Seth Rollins and the main event stars while also battling the likes of Miz and Big Show and the other mid-carders is a great role for him, and people are over, and he's over as a result of it. So I agree with you totally, and uh, Ryback should win this match. So after that, we got a tag team match. Neville and Stephen Amell, the star of the Green Arrow, um, tag teaming up against the team of the Cosmic Kings, Stardust and King Barrett. So Michael, start with you. Who do you see coming out on top, Stardust and Barrett, or Neville and the WWE debut of Stephen Amell? Um, I think it's no-brainer. They're going to have... Amel and Neville go over. Um, you're not going to bring in, you know, Amel's not a huge star, but you're not going to bring in a uh, celebrity slash TV star um, to lose. Um, even if you take him out of the equation, I think Neville has more potential slash momentum um, than the other two guys. So I think it'd be a big win for Neville uh, on a pay-per-view to give him some momentum and also, um, you know, even though, like I said, they're not going to bring him on to lose. One thing that does drive me nuts is when the celebrity comes on and you know, kind of runs through guys. So I hope that's not too absurd. Um, you know, I don't want to see, like, Amel get the get the pinfall or whatever for his team. Um, I'm going there, do a couple, couple of moves or whatever, and that's that. But hopefully it'll be an opportunity to let uh, Neville look real good. Um, you know, they've, like I said, they've dropped the ball. On uh, another, we can make a whole list about who they dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, they dropped the ball on uh, Stardust and, and King Barry or Batman's there or whatever. So many times um, that it's sad, but those you know, I'm a big fan of both those guys. But uh, it's just it's not right. I, right now, I'm going by momentum and stuff. Neville and the Green Arrow pulling off the win. Yeah, like you said, this one's a no-brainer. I'm absolutely with you on Neville and Amel. But I do like the feud, though, too. I feel like the way they've handled it over the last couple of months with uh, with Stardust coming back, and I'm, I'm, I'm a much bigger advocate, of course, for Cody Rhodes making a return than Stardust. But I will say, the stuff he's been doing since he came back in the role that he's currently in is a lot better than what he was doing before he took time off. Like, the promos are a lot better. He's finally doing something notable, and hopefully that's the case even after Amel leaves post-SummerSlam. Um, you know, Barrett is Barrett. He's always going to be a loser, unfortunately. I think the guy could be a, a top star for this company, but they continue to treat him like an enhancement talent. He gets a match on the show, so there's that. And then Neville is Neville. He's got more more momentum, uh, you know, right now than the Cosmic King, Stardust, and Barrett. So he's a logical guy to win here. But, um, you know, and, and then Barrett will obviously be the one to take the pinfall loss. And we'll see. You know, I think it's perfect, too. The tag team match allows Neville to kind of shine while also, you know, limiting Stephen Amell's, you know, uh, in-ring ability. Well, he's not in the match the entire time. They're not doing Stardust versus Amell one-on-one. He will get some in-ring time, and Neville can do the rest of the work. So I think it's perfect for the for everyone involved. Uh, Barrett takes the loss, and Neville picks up the win for his team. So after that, or, you know, no, I'm sorry, Arden, you got to get your prediction in. Uh, quick question for you. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of, I feel like, went without even a lot of, uh, lot of publicity or whatever, but did Goldust, like, officially retire? I just thought about him. Did he, is he, like, officially done? No, no, I think he's injured right now. I don't think he's retired as of right now. I think he will be, he will he will be making a comeback at some point. Um it, the timetable hasn't been set that yo. That that yeah. Okay. As I said, they need to do 
um, the Goldust versus Stardust or, or Goldust versus Cody Rhodes match at some point. If they're not, they're, yeah. they're, they never do that match. It's just a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, um, no, absolutely agreed. I, yeah. I, don't know why I, just, I don't know why I just thought about him, and I just, um, I was just wondering where he was, so yeah. No, yeah, I was thinking even a week or two ago. You know, I know he's been injured since he wrestled that match against Rusev the night after WrestleMania, and he was he's been gone ever since because, like I said, he had to get surgery for whatever injury he had. But I thought he would be a perfect tag team partner for Stardust. You know, I would hate to see the guys get back together because, like you said, I want to see them feud. But it, it would have made sense, you know. Barrett is just is kind of seems shoehorned into this thing, and Goldust would have made much for a much more lo- logical tag team partner. Um, but yeah, hopefully he will be back at some point, and we will get that feud before he eventually retires, and you know Stardust can go back to being Cody Rhodes. But Arden, who do you got going over here in the tag team match? Neville and the Mel, or the Cosmic King, Stardust and Barrett? I was thinking about this as you guys were talking about it, and I was going to go. Well, I might go with him still, but. I was thinking about, I was like, you know what, I should go with Neville and, you know, in a mill, but I also realized that they should go with Barrett and Stardust, just because, again, I just think it comes down to predictability, well, unpredictability, mm-hmm. and that's just something that would give them more heat, you know, to allow them to get beat by, you know, Neville on that. That's not saying necessarily bad to get beat by Neville, because, again, Neville's been good. But it's just like, it's so typical. Like, you know, you have the two bad guys and two good guys all at the star. The star comes in, helps kick the bad guys, but then he leaves. Like, I'm not really with that this time. I think Stardust and Barrett should get the win here. Like, uh, you know, um, for one, you have plenty of opportunities to bring celebrities in outside of the WWE world to bring them in there and put them in different segments and stuff. And two, Neville... He's at the point where even though he's young and he's getting established, he's put it, he's put in enough work to where a, a loss wouldn't hurt him right now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want Stardust and, and Barrett to win just because just do something different. They need to win and really make them get that heat. Interesting. I could definitely see. I mean, if they were to have Stardust pick up the win, I mean, you also got to consider the fact too. Like we said, Stephen Mel's in the match, so regardless of who's in it, they whoever he, you know he's teaming with or facing is going to get some sort of mainstream attention. So if he was to lose here, it would get a big rub to Stardust. Now I don't think they're going to do anything with King Bear. He was just kind of put in this place, um, put in this spot because Miz was busy with the triple threat. Um, but yeah, Stardust thing is really good. Like you said, it comes down to predictability. You know, Mike and I went with Neville and Amel. There could be a chance they slide in the Cosmic Kings and they have him, they have them win the matchup. Um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting scenario. I definitely could see Stardust picking, picking up the win here. And I wouldn't mind it at all because he's another guy that they have just not done anything with. And as you mentioned, Neville has not gone undefeated since he got called up. He's very, very good, but it's not like he's been heavily protected. He's taken, you know, many losses. He has the underdog character. He will rebound. Um, but I'm looking forward to the match regardless of who wins, because I think Amel is, you know, he, he showed in that brief, like, 10 seconds on Raw a couple weeks ago, he is very, like, super freaky athletic. So I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, what he can get done in this matchup. So after that, we have Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Arden, who do you got going over in this one? Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Should be a physical match. Should be a good match. I'm going to go over Randy here. You know, I think Sheamus, too, ever since his return with his new look, I think Sheamus has found a nice spot for him on the roster. I think he's at a really good pace right now. I think he'll be fine. But I think for Randy Orton, he needs this one because Randy... 
I don't think he has the flexibility on the changes in terms of top level guy that can also be mid level. I think Randy's at the point where of who he is as a wrestler and as a name in the business. You have to establish him in ways, not establish him, but like keep him in places to where he can always be looked at as a top level guy to where if, whenever you need him there, he can be there. Sheamus, he can be on both levels really fine. So I want to see Randy win this match in a very physical match, tough, but I think Randy Orton will win it. He makes the most sense in this case. I just don't want to see the feud continue at all. I mean, they had a good match. They had a really good match, actually, at the Battleground pay-per-view. I mean, part of that might have been due to the event emanating from his hometown of St. Louis, Orton, that is, and ended up winning that match. But I just see no reason for it to continue. I like Orton. I like Sheamus. I'm a big fan of both guys in their respective roles right now. I think that they've been doing some of the best work of their career in the last couple of months, you know, on their own. But in a feud, though, we've just seen it so many times in the past that people are just sick of it. So I'm not really a fan of the match. I mean, I think it would be great, and I've talked about this here before in the show, it would be great if they gave them a stipulation of some kind. You know, they made it no disqualification or no countout, something, you know, of that regard to make it different than their past match, which was also a standard singles match. So the Money the Bank briefcase isn't even on the line. Nothing is on the line here, so... I don't know how many people are going to be caring for it, you know, come Sunday in Brooklyn, but um, their matches are never bad. Sometimes they're boring, but they're never bad, and their battleground match is really good, so I'm expecting another really good match in the two on Sunday, but I got to go with you on this one with Randy Orton. So, Mike, who do you have winning, Orton or Sheamus? Well, Kyle, uh, I'm glad you brought up. I'm actually very surprised that, um, you know, for a four-hour event, and the card is, is uh, I think it's an awesome card. It's yeah. It's the best pay-per-view of the year. But I'm real surprised at the lack of like stipulation matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even think that they have any. There's like you know, there's no cage match, there's no no DQ match, there's no you know falls count anywhere match, no two out of three falls match. I'm, I'm real surprised at that. Um, in terms of who's going to go over in this match, uh, I gotta I'm gonna go with Sheamus just on based on the fact that, and we'll get into the other predictions later. Um, but I, I just picked you know I just picked Ryback and. Um, I just picked Ryback and uh, uh, just, oh, Stephen Amell and Neville. Um, I think just in terms of you know, even out the, the baby face and heel mm-hmm. wins, um, I'm going to go with Sheamus. He's going to, you know, he'll probably get it dirty somehow. Um, but, you know, Orton's at the point of his career where he could lose probably for three, four straight pay-per-views and not hurt him really at all. Um, he's basically untouchable. Cena's kind of the only one above him in terms of that. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sheamus. I like to see him start building some momentum and start looking like a main event type of guy um, before he cashes in. You know, at some point in the next six eight months. So I'm gonna go with Sheamus. I've still got. Randy Orton going over here, but I do agree that I think of the two, Sheamus needs to win more considering he's Mr. Money in the Bank. I mean, Orton just won their last match of Battleground. Sheamus has really done nothing of note since winning the briefcase, and I don't really have a problem with him holding the briefcase as many other people do. I think he can be a great heel if he's booked properly, but he's got to win a few. You know, he's got to win the big matches, and this should be a prime example of that. The, the booking of the Money in the Bank holders has not been... Uh, not to have been too great, other than Seth Rollins. I mean, the past Money in the Bank holders, Daniel Bryan, Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Damian Sandow, the list goes on and on and on. They treat these guys like crap before they ultimately cash in, sometimes win, sometimes lose. And I think Sheamus has been no exception so far. Um, of the two, I think Sheamus needs to win more. 
But Orton, like I said, I feel like to get that feel-good win. But you do bring up a good point, though, to kind of even out the babyface and heel side. Maybe we get some more of that as we kind of go down the card. So after that, we got Kevin Owens and Cesaro in a match where I feel like both guys need wins. And, I mean, it's not the most, you know, the biggest match in the entire card. We've got four other matches to preview after this one. But it's a match where it, it's difficult to predict both, because both guys need wins right now, which is not a bad thing because they're both great and the, the fans love both these guys and I'm sure they're going to get monster reactions in Brooklyn. But it's just so hard to predict because either guy could come out victorious. So, Michael, start with you on this one. Who do you got, Kevin Owens or Cesaro? Um, like I mentioned before about Owens, I feel like, you know, Keep going back to the uh, Cena killing momentum thing. But, <laughs> yeah, it always uh, it always goes back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Ever, ever since uh, <laughs> his feud with Cena, I think he's he, he came in some great matches. Um, he's a real good talent. Uh, I think he'll be a top heel for years. But I think that um, he needs to he needs to get some momentum back. And I don't think that WWE Vince McMahon. I don't think they're I don't think they're hundred percent sold on Cesaro yet. He has you know, he has um he has been uh, you know, getting a nice little push. Uh, I like to see him keep getting a nice little push. Um I read though I didn't see the match but I read that last night he had a really bad botch, apparently. Um, you know, so obviously that's not gonna go too well um in 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 the back in backstage. Um I, I think Owens will go over just so you can Establish a little bit more credibility. Um, I wouldn't mind the feud continuing afterwards, after this, and Cesaro getting moved back at some point. Um, but I'm going to go with Owen just because I think he's got the brighter future. I think that he's got more support backstage, uh, and he needs if he needs a little bit more. Um, he needs more momentum. You know, like I said, he's skipped a little bit since the Cena feud, um, but. And you said that the, the officials aren't sold on Cesaro 100%. I do agree with that, absolutely. Um, but I think the same case, I think the same can be said for Owens, too, because he started out really, really well, and it's not like he's died off, but he got that huge clean win in Elimination Chamber back in May. And then he lost the Money in the Bank, which was fine. But then they have him lose the third and final match, which I thought he should have won, but I digress. But they also had him tap out. And they have not protected him as much since then. He's just kind of become, yeah. you know, just another guy in the roster, you know? I thought for sure that would have been a, uh, especially because he lost the NXT title a couple of weeks before that. Yeah. I thought for sure he was going to be, uh, beat Cena. Mm-hmm. And I thought he would have been a great uh, US, U.S. champion. That would be a great, you know, basically transition for him to go from NXT champion uh, and then win the U.S. title. I thought they missed the opportunity there. But like, you never know um, what the what the bookers and, you know, Vince and yeah. the officials and stuff are thinking. But, um yeah, I agree with you. I think there was a miss, especially him tapping out. Um, yeah, that too. Third, mm-hmm. go on for ten minutes about that. That was that was ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's an interesting point you make. About it. I agree. With you. So Zazaro's, you know, not maybe it's like a top top guy yet, and I think it's the same with Owen. I feel like, you know, and we'll get to Rollins and Cena in a little bit, but that's a match that, although it's a huge get for the SummerSlam card, first time ever in a winner-take-all U.S. champion versus WWE champion match, 
But you could have easily done that match just for the WWE title. You know, with Cena just saying, I want my 16th World Championship and tie Ric Flair's record, like he said on Raw last night. That's all you really have to do. I mean, there's really not been much focus on the United States Championship. And then you could have given the U.S. title to this match, Kevin Owens Cesaro, making it more meaningful. I think the match has been well built. Both guys have gotten mic time. I'm sure the match itself is going to steal the show from an in-ring standpoint. Um, but I think the U.S. title could really add to it. Um, if Kevin Owens had won at Battleground and it'd be going on long reign before Sami Zayn comes back and he beats him from the belt, that's fantasy booking. But still, I feel like that could have been a way they could have gone. But I digress. In this scenario... Um, I've got Kevin Owens. I think Cesaro has gotten the more the more the momentum, excuse me, more often than not in the last couple of weeks. And Kevin Owens, I don't think is one. I think he won on SmackDown a few weeks ago, or maybe last week. But other than that, though, he's not won like a match on Raw or like a televised match in like two months, which is ridiculous. So he's got to win that match. I got to win this match on Sunday via dirty means, and obviously the feud continues beyond this point. So Arden, who do you got going over, Kevin Owens or Cesaro? Can't see Kevin Owens here, man. With all they've done to him, building him up in NXT, making him champion, and coming in here, working with John Cena as NXT champion, making him beat John Cena, you're going back with you let Cesaro beat him. I mean, they tried with Cesaro, man. I mean, and I hate that I'm saying that because I love Cesaro. He really should be up there, man, as a guy who should be turning into a top guy. But truth of the matter is, that time is basically coming on. Like, you know, they made him a tag team guy. He's by himself, of course, because of Tyson Kidd's injury. Hopefully Tyson Kidd comes back very soon. But you got to make uh, <clears throat> Kevin Owens win. Those two can put on a great match, by the way. Cesaro has had great matches. Owens, of course, we've talked about that. has had great matches. But at the end of the day, Kevin Owens has to win this match in order for him to really get back on the climb. Because, honestly, it's, this is what uh, he said in terms of I hate the fact that anybody that has battled with John Cena, suddenly their momentum has suddenly crashed. And it's like, why? It's like, back when I first started watching wrestling, you can have guys battle with anybody for a few months, win or lose, and they'll be fine. Or actually, they'll be better than never. You have Rusev battle with John Cena. Suddenly, Rusev, we're talking about what to do with Rusev. Yep. Kevin Owens came in red hot. Suddenly, we're talking about what to do with Kevin Owens. This booking has been atrocious at times, but just to get back on topic, Kevin Owens has to win. You know, he needs to win. Those two have to win match, but he needs to win. Yeah, our, I, we, could, we could go on, we could have a whole show about the whole John Cena thing. I totally agree with you, Arden, that I mean, it's not John Cena's fault. It's just the way exactly, it's not. And it's, yeah. and it's getting absurd that the way they book him is like, you know, oh, Kevin Owens beat him in his first match ever. Now Cena needs to get his win back. John Cena doesn't need to get his win back. John Cena doesn't need wins. Like, John Cena's going to still be a superhero in the eyes of all his, you know, 10-year-old fans. He could lose for, you know, two straight months, and he's not going to lose any credibility at all. But Bray Wyatt, got, after the Cena feud, went downhill. Rusev, after the Cena feud, went downhill. Owens, after his feud, downhill. And it's, it's real frustrating. It's not Cena's fault by any means. Oh, it's just the way they book him. It's, it's absurd. It's crazy because, like you guys said, he de- it's not his fault. But with John Cena, though, 
it's that it, I think it's because of the fact that he's such he's the face of the company. I mean, there's no denying that. But because of that, and they just have people upon their debut: Rusev, Ryback, Kevin Owens. The list goes on and on and on. Dolph Ziggler, people that beat John Cena. You have nowhere else to go but down. And the follow-up is rarely ever well done. And I think that's the big thing too. You can lose to John Cena and look strong in the feet. That's exactly what happened to Owens. But the problem was that they had him tap out. You guys said that. But then the aftermath was also very poor. Like, he didn't even explain why he tapped out, and he's just back to being another guy, you know? So I feel like that's the problem with putting people in feuds with John Cena. Now, I feel like Rollins won't have that problem. He's the world champion. But guys like Owens, Rusev, Ziggler, like I said, people that debut on the scene and then immediately transition and go into a feud with John Cena, it's like too much too soon. And because they have Cena beat him, or beat whoever it is, they have nowhere else to go but down. You know, so I, I agree. You know, you know what it really is, the mm-hmm. WWE's problem? Before, when the booking used to be really good, even the top guys, I'm talking back when there was like The Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H, things like that, you can have guys in feuds, and they can take a loss on losses, but... The biggest thing with the WWE if they're booking is they don't know how to close chapters right and then move on to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's funny too because I remember reading, a, not reading, I was watching an interview with Triple H and he was like, the thing with the WWE that makes us, you know, who we are is we're like the ever going, ever long going book. You know, we close one chapter and go to the next. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is, let's say you have, like, let's say Cena and Kevin Owens, right? That's a, that's a part of the book that's going on. So we got chapter after chapter after chapter. Whatever happens with those two, why is it so hard to suddenly just end it, finish that chapter, then move on to the next? Because when it comes down to it, they must think like us fans, we just think of a guy because of what happened to him just then. When truth of the matter is, our memories, our attention, is very short term. It's short sighted. Like, we focus on guys what's going on right now, then we quickly move on to the next thing like, Okay, Kevin Owens loses John Cena twice. He tapped out. Okay, we get it. That that rivalry's over. I'm not going to look at Kevin Owens for the rest of his career and be like, dude, you tapped out to John Cena. I want to know what's next. Back then, The Rock and those guys, they could have lost a ton of times. They could have won a ton of times. And they would have been easily able to transition to the next program because of the correct booking and because of the way you focus on that program. Better than we no longer knows how to close out programs and to transition anymore. But so a lot of these guys are usually stuck in limbo, and you got the IWC constantly looking at John Cena and going, well, it's because he's facing John Cena or because, well, Cena has the juice. I understand Cena's a big name, but let's get it settled right here. A lot of Vince McMahon's running the show. A lot of Triple H is there. John Cena does not have a ton of juice just like everybody else because they still have to answer to those two, especially Vince McMahon. It is Vince and the booking's fault. It's terrible. Well, that's actually one thing I, uh, I can go off what you said. Like, you brought up the attitude era and, like, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock. One thing as well that I, I've touched on a little bit in the past, um, but it drives me insane these, these days. And it's, it's actually part of the reason I don't even watch most of Raw. Besides the point that it's three hours, um, but it's just so predictable now. I'm glad that they've had, uh, Rollins, you know, defend the, the WWE or the World Heavyweight Champion, whatever the heck they call it these days. Um, but back then, late 90s, probably even up to like 2001, you would have the WWE title change hands on Raw. And that was fun. Like the whole unpredictability of it, that was fun. I can't remember the last time where the, w, the top title, I'm not talking about the World Heavyweight title, 
um, when they had the big gold belt. But with the WWE title, the top title of the company, I can't tell you the last time where it's changed hands on Raw. I think if they, you know, if you had someone win, um, like a couple weeks ago, the reaction that Neville got when Neville thought he won, obviously at this time, you're not going to have Neville win the WWE title at this stage in his career. Um, but, you know, if you have four or five weeks before the next pay-per-view, why not have a title change on Raw? Especially with the WWE Network at only being $10, you're not losing out on a ton of money. Like, people aren't buying pay-per-views anymore. People aren't paying $60 to see these big, huge title matches. So they used to save the t- titles for pay-per-views because they want people to, you know, to pay for the match. But now that you have WWE Network, you know, I, the predictability really drives me off. One of the reasons I was such a huge fan back in, you know, back during the guys there, you know, one of the reasons was it was just so, the unpredictability was just awesome. On Raw, you have, you know, Jericho versus Triple H, and Jericho beat him for the title, or The Rock versus Triple H, and The Rock would the title. Nick Foley, one of the most highest-rated segments they ever had on Raw was when Mick Foley beat, um, when Mick Foley beat The Rock for the championship. I want them to go back to that, you know, unpredictability, anything could happen type of booking. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons that you could cite for the low ratings of Raw in recent years. I mean, it's not because... Yeah, three hours is definitely a factor. I'm not denying that at all. But I feel like you you make a great point, both of you guys do, and that it's become so formulaic. You know, you kind of know what's going to happen. The title never changes hands in Raw. No titles change hands in Raw, which is good for pay-per-view. It makes it feel more meaningful. But Raw, I mean, I think this is also on kind of the flip side. The low ratings force them to kind of play their hand and give us stuff that we've never seen before. Like, that's one of the, one of the things that made the Attitude Era as great as it was uh, from an unpredictability standpoint was that because they were in competition with WCW, they were willing to do anything and everything to garner ratings and kind of, you know, book the impossible, book anything you think would, would never happen on Raw. And nowadays, because they're so comfortable and, and they're, they're in their own comfort zone, they're scared to do anything they're, you know, like that. They're scared to do anything unpredictable or stuff exactly. they haven't done before, and you I'm know? Actually glad, I don't mean to put you up, but I'm actually glad you, you that's the perfect word, is that they're very formulaic. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in like a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you right now, I, I could tell you right now, just off the top of my head, how raw will go basically next week or how it will go. Three weeks from now, it's going to start off with a promo, 15, 20 minutes. Okay, you're going to have a match. Nine, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock segments, you're going to have your huge start. You're going to have your Brock Lesnar's, your John Cena's. I even tell my friends, you know, if I'm at my friend's house and like I want to watch Raw, you know, you want to watch it now. If I look at if I look at the time and it's like 9:20, I know that's not going to be anything that important. Oh, I'll turn it back on at around 9:50, 9:55. That's when big stars will come out. Mm-hmm. Just so predictable you know a diva's match is going to be right before the main event they'll have a you know diva or a low card match at 10 30 10 40 and then they'll go just like last night they had a diva match at around 10 40 yep and then they'll have the main event or whatever it's just you perfect phrasing you said formula, formula exactly yeah, and I think on the flip side of it too, because of the low ratings, the ratings you know in, in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months have been as low as they have ever been. In, I think fifteen years or something like that, which is pretty scary. Which I you know according to the report that I read, but in that vein, it's forced them to to kind of do that kind of stuff. That before a couple of weeks ago, we hadn't had a WWE title match on Raw in two and a half years, and it's no coincidence that we get two WWE title matches back to back. Um, you know, two weeks ago, then just last week as well with Rollins and Orton. And also in that vein, people have asked me, 
You know, why are they doing Undertaker and Lesnar at SummerSlam? From a storyline standpoint, because of the streak, but in reality, why did they bring back Undertaker when they did? Simple, because of ratings. And I don't know if it's helped or not. I don't think it's helped that much. But, you know, because of the low ratings, we've gotten, uh, you know, some great programming the last couple of weeks. It is very predictable and whatnot, but I think the in-ring action and the... uh, and just the state of Raw in the last month or two has been very entertaining because they've you know brought back Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker. You can't always um, you know rely on those guys to bring you big ratings, but at least they're trying to change it up by bringing you know by doing stuff we would never expect. You know by the title matches and bringing in big names and stuff like that. So hopefully you know, that's something they can work on going forward. But uh, going from one match, like the in ring act. Not trying to have the two podcast, but the the amount roster talent that they have nowadays as compared to the late 90s there's so much more talent oh absolutely the now than yep. there was back then but back then it was just so much better just because it was unpredictable the yeah. booking was better um you know that's why the radio was must be tv you know it, it, and obviously there wasn't you know there wasn't dvr or youtube back then um but you know i'm gonna watch it I, if I if I don't want to miss Ralph, it's gonna be if I know something awesome is gonna happen. You know, it's just it's just so they're just going through the motions. It feels like and that's what's so frustrating. Exactly, couldn't agree more. Going through the motions is the best way I'd probably put it. Um, but going from one match to the other here, we got Team PCB, Team Bella, and Team Bad in a three-team elimination match. No Divas title on the line, just a standard triple threat tag team match where not everyone has to be eliminated. Only one person from each team. The remaining team is the victor. So, Arden, I'll start with you here. Which team do you see coming out on top, Team PCB, Team Bella, or Team Bad? Mm, this is a good one. I was thinking about this one, too. I'll go with Team Bella. I'll go with Team Bella in this one because it feels as if, like, I don't know, it feels like momentum with them lately has been dying out of it. Like, it's not the same. Like, I was watching Raw Monday and their music came on and there was barely any reaction. It <laughs> yeah. feels as if, like, the reaction and the focus goes towards the new girls that are coming in now. And I felt like with Team Bella, they can use that one in order to remind people that they're still you know, on top of the division. So I'm going with Team Bella. I gotta go with Team PCB. I agree with you that they have not, you know, they've been trying to do everything in their power, and successfully so, they've done it very well to establish the likes of Sasha and Becky and Charlotte. And in doing so, they've kind of taken the luster, kind of taken the spotlight off of the Bellas, which is good. I mean, the, the spotlight's been on them for the last couple of years, I know. Um, but, you know, before that, though, or, you know, or since, you know, the, the whole Divas Revolution, as they're calling it, has started, they've not really been the central focus of Raw. I mean, she lost on Monday. She lost yesterday to Sasha Banks in non-title action. Nick Bella that is. She got tapped out by Charlotte two weeks ago, which really has not been mentioned all that much since then. Um, but I think they are probably, I mean, they have to be, building to Nikki Bella, ending the streak of AJ Lee, breaking the record come September. And at Night of Champions, they'll probably do her versus Banks and or Sar- Charlotte, probably just Charlotte one-on-one, if not a triple threat. So, um, Team Bella winning here won't really change anything because Nikki Bella is still the Divas champion regardless. So I'd probably have to go with Team Bad or Team PCB. Probably in this case, Team PCB. Banks won last night on Raw. Charlotte might win for her team just so she can get that title shot at Night of Champions. So Mike, who do you see going over in this contest? Team PCB, the Bellas, or Team Bad? Um, I agree with you. Like, uh, Nikki Bad, if the Bellas lose, it's not going to... Her momentum, 
like too much. Um, you know, Nikki's not going to lose the title. Same thing. She's going to. They're going to give it to her uh, until she breaks AJ's streak, which I think, you know, after SummerSlam, I think if she gets the night of champions, she'll already have broken it. Um, so I say I'm going to go with the. I don't even know who's on what team, but it's a team of Paige, uh, Charlotte. That, I think that team's going to win. Um, they got too much talent, too much good up and coming. Um, you know, girls, Paige, Charlotte, Sasha. Becky Lynch, they're going to run the Divas division for the next 10, you know, 10, 15 years, hopefully. Um, you know, but like I said, not that the Bellas are bad. I think their in-ring ability has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're kind of at the end of their run, I feel like. I think this whole Divas revolution is going to aim more towards the, the NXT girls. Um, you know, when, I, I, I could definitely see within the next year the Bellas kind of taking more of a backseat. Hopefully, hopefully it's a changing of the guard in the next couple of months with uh, with Becky, Charlotte, and, and Sasha Banks kind of stepping up and, and becoming the kind of cornerstones of the division in the years to come. So from that match to the next one, we got Rowan Reigns and Dean Ambrose taking on Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper in tag team action. Uh, Mike, who do you got? Uh, kind of tough. Kind of tough decision here because I, I think Bray Wyatt has got I think you hit it right in the money when you said about um, with with the heel turn with Dean Ambrose because I mean I've been saying it for months you know they've been doing this right after WrestleMania kind of playing up the whole buddy buddy thing between Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose and in wrestling ninety nine percent of the times that leads to one of the two turning heel I mean this has been teased for months now I thought originally they were going to do the match one on one at SummerSlam obviously they did not go that route thankfully. I think they're better as friends for right now than enemies, but it will be a great feud nevertheless, as you said, um, especially if it's a fall program for the next couple of months before Roman Reigns and you know both guys, I guess, get ready for WrestleMania. 
Um, I think I would rather see Reigns go heel. I feel like they'll have Ambrose be the one to go heel. I think they're trying to prime, you know, Reigns up as the next big baby face, although I think Ambrose is the more over of the two. But anyway, though, um, you know, after Roman Reigns lost at both at Money in the Bank and at Battleground to Wyatt, I'd probably have to go with Roman Reigns and Ambrose in this uh, in this match. Like you said, it's very it could very well go either way, and I would be thrilled to see the the Wyatt family win, especially if they were to add another member, whether it be Leo Kruger or Bo Dallas or Baron Corbin, even or, you know Baron Corbin, even or whoever. It would be awesome, but I feel like in this case, and I'm going with almost all of the baby faces on this show, but whatever. Um, I'll have to go with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. So Arden, who do you got going over Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose or Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper? I'm going to go with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, but I'm more, I guess I'm more curious about, will they actually do this heel turn in terms of Dean Ambrose maybe going heel, like you guys mentioned in terms of that you want, you know, Reigns to be looked at as that next top heel, or they just have a regular match, those two fight it out, or maybe I highlight the matches who are just the next member of the Wyatt family, but this is one of those matches where you're going to go into it anxious in terms of finding out what's going on, but I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. And going into our next match here, winner-take-all match for the WWE and United States title. Seth Rollins defended the WWE title against John Cena. John Cena defended the U.S. title against Seth Rollins. So like I said, winner-takes-all here. Arden, your pick. Ah, uh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. You know, I'm because on one hand, you can go with history. John Cena, being a 16-pound champion, and then you can do something for the future of the company in terms of Seth Rollins. But when it's all said and done, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I got to go with Seth Rollins here. I got to go with Seth Rollins winning this match just because I think it goes back to what we've talked about before at times during the show, which is we're trying to build up guys. We're trying to, at times, be unpredictable. And I... And the reason why I'm going with this is I think Seth Rollins will win this match with interference from Triple H. Or who knows? I saw somebody tweet this yesterday out of the blue. Ric Flair. Because that scene promo one day we have heard so many times over the last 10 years. But I really enjoyed it because until he made the Triple H and Ric Flair references, I never thought of that. I never thought of the fact that Rollins didn't have that extra pressure because of the fact that, hey, Triple H handpicked you, dude. Ric Flair handpicked them, handed it down to him, the game or whatever, and then he came to it down to you. So you winning is not only about you winning the title and being a two-time, not two-time champion, but like having two titles, but also protecting Triple H. So I really thought that was clever on John Cena's part. But mm-hmm. I just think, man, Cena's 16-time championship moment could come at another time. Yes. But Rollins continuing to build his resume up to incorporate the Triple H thing, it only makes sense for him to win this match. I'm Seth with you. Seth I agree. I'm with you on Rollins. And, I mean, for a couple of reasons. But first of all, I think it's a no-win situation because I feel like Cena winning, it should not come on this show. And I'll talk about where I wa- why Rollins should win in a second. But it should not happen on this show, especially because it's not going to be the main event. Um, you know, Cena just got done. He's been doing the best work of his career as United States champion, so I think it's way too soon to be putting him back in the WWE title picture, but then if you have Rollins win, which I'm going with anyway, but Rollins winning and beating John Cena for the U.S. belt, 
I mean, Rollins will benefit, don't get me wrong, but I was hoping when the whole U.S. Open started that a big, not a big name, but just an up-and-coming name would beat Cena, get the big rub from winning that championship from him, whether it be a Finn Balor or a Joe or a Zayn, no one's whoever. It doesn't have to be NXT, but someone along those lines. And they didn't do it, and they're going to have it be Rollins instead, which is fine. I'll take that over the opposite outcome. But like you said, I mean, the whole Ric Flair thing, I think, is awesome. And, you know, I tweeted it out on Raw, you know, during Raw on Monday. It would be glorious if Ric Flair came out and cost John Cena the title match. And someone even tweeted me today, what about Charlotte doing it, which would make a lot of sense. Nikki Bella being John Cena's girlfriend. That's actually pretty clever. I don't see that happening because Charlotte's a baby face, but it's actually very clever. Um, but otherwise... That's way, that- too, that's way too good of booking. For- <laughs> exactly. Way too good yeah. of booking. Yeah, it makes too much sense to actually happen, so I don't see it happening. But, um, yeah, Rollins winning here is my pick. I mean, Cena said it. You know, I designed this merchandise months ago, so it's not accurate. They're going to change it to 16. That's not going to happen. They just came out with the shirt a week ago. They're not going to, you know, start. They're not going to sell a mass number of 15 time shirts, only to have them win a 16th title at SummerSlam. And as I mentioned earlier, it's not even the main event. It's going to be a. It's, John Cena will break Ric Flair's record. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. But. It shouldn't be the second-to-last match. It should be on a grand occasion. It should be the main event of that pay-per-view, and it will not be on Sunday. So I'm going with a non-finish of some kind because, like I said, I feel like it's a, it's a no-win situation here. Um, but otherwise, though, I feel like if they're not going to do a non-finish, then I've got to go with Rollins. So, Mike, who do you got going over, Rollins or Cena? Yeah, I like how you guys have brought up the Rick Flair thing because like, before last night, they barely even touched on it. Um, and when Cena, I got Rollins going over, but um, when Cena does, or when they book him to win the 16th time, it's, they're going to make a way, way bigger deal about it. Um, they're going to they're gonna bring it up every single week, and that's when you know that he will, uh, that he's going to win. I kind of wish that they, you know, talking about genius booking, you know, I kind of wish that I kind of wish that the Money in the Bank winner was more established because you can't have, and maybe you can, but I, I just don't see Sheamus doing it at this point because he doesn't have enough, enough momentum. But I think it would have been wild. Uh, I don't like the whole, you know, winner takes all double champion thing, but it would have been great to see Rollins beat Tino in a nice 25-minute match and then the Money in the Bank winner comes down and takes takes the uh, WWE title. So then you have Rollins as the U.S. champion, and then the Money in the Bank winner cashes in and becomes WWE champion. Unfortunately, I don't see that happening with Sheamus, um, but I think that that would have been a great opportunity. Um, but I have Rollins. Rollins is going to be a big win for him, um, and you know he's going to be a main event guy. Paul Heyman said today in an interview, he's going to be a main event guy for the next 10 years. He's going to be on that Randy Orton. Uh, John Cena level for his career, I'm pretty sure. So, I have him winning. Him being a double champion will be uh, real, real big for his momentum. And you said, I think it's definitely a possibility that Sheamus could cash in on the winner of this match so the titles aren't unified and Sheamus gets the WWE title and whoever the loser is is United States champion, whatever. 
Um, so I could definitely see that happening, and I, I can see that definitely happening on Sunday. I'm going to stick with, like you guys said, I'm going to stick with Rollins. I don't see that happening. Sheamus is not at that point yet where he should be WWE champion. I don't want to see the fall feud be between John Cena and Sheamus. We've seen that a million times before, and I'm not too excited about it. So I'm going to go with Rollins here um, as the winner take all if there won't be a non-finish. So finally, we get to the main event, The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. The biggest match since WrestleMania 30 in WWE's opinion, apparently. But anyway, um, it's a huge match. It, people are going back and forth. Taker or Lesnar, Lesnar or Taker. It could go either way. Um, it, it's huge. Michael, start with you. Who do you got, Taker or Brock Lesnar? Uh, at this time yesterday, I was going to say Undertaker. Um, but the way that they booked it, and with Undertaker you know, costing Brock and and getting the upper hand basically uh, at battleground, and then they haven't really they haven't really been you know physically going at each other. Um, but the brawl they had, nobody really won. It was just you know a brawl. And then last night, um, Undertaker you know got the momentum in his side. I think that basically will tell you that Brock. I, I think Brock will come out. I think you even said it last night that if Brock loses. That will kill all his momentum since WrestleMania 30. Um, people were talking about, you know, it was mentioned like Undertaker wins now, and then they have the rematch or the third, um, you know, the third match at WrestleMania 32, which I don't want to see. No. I mean, yeah. If people remember, you know, take away the streak and everything. The match they had at WrestleMania 30 was bad. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. It yep. wasn't a good match. Um, you know, someone tweeted at me today too, like the Undertaker. The Undertaker needs the win. Undertaker doesn't need any win. The Undertaker is so established and such a legend, he could lose from now until until he's 60, and he'll still be the Undertaker. He'll still get the ovation he gets. He's still going to be a threat. He doesn't need any type of win. Uh, I'm going to go Brock Lesnar just because they've they've done such a good job since he broke the streak of him being this monster. Um, He was on ESPN today. He's got such mainstream uh, appeal. It would be stupid and foolish not to have Brock Lesnar uh, win. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Hopefully it's a good match. Hopefully it's better than WrestleMania 30. Undertaker's in great shape. Uh, I hope that, you know, hopefully we get a nice, you know, 20-minute, you know, good, solid match out of them. And then, you know, hopefully Brock Brock can win. Undertaker shakes his hand at the end or whatever, because I don't like the idea of Undertaker being a heel. Um, hope you know, gives them their respect at the end, and then that's it between them. And then at WrestleMania 32, they go their separate ways or whatever. But um, ideally, that's what will happen. Uh, but we'll see. I got Brock. I'm with you on the WrestleMania 32 thing. I do not need to see this match again. I'm sure the match on Sunday will be a lot better than the WrestleMania match, which will not be hard to beat because, like you said, that match sucked. Um, but I, I don't want to see them do the whole three-match series like they did with Triple H and Brock Lesnar. It just doesn't make any sense, and it'd be lame because their matches have not been great. It's not 2002. So I got Brock Lesnar here, too. I mean, uh, you know, they, they've been really driving home the Undertaker heel thing. It's not only because he attacked... Brock Lesnar in his hometown last night, but he low-blowed him again. So I don't know what they're really going for with Undertaker. It's kind of confusing. I'm actually kind of looking forward to what reaction he gets on Sunday in Brooklyn. I'm sure people are going to go crazy for him just because it's a freaking Undertaker. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of character he plays in the return match. But, um, no, I agree with you. Like I said with the John Cena thing where I feel like an up-and-coming name should beat him to get that big rub out of the U.S. Open... 
Same thing with happened with Brock Lesnar. It should happen with Brock Lesnar. I mean, they hoped, and I thought they were going to do it with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Thankfully, that did not happen. Roman Reigns was not ready for that, and Lesnar has yet to be beaten via pinfall like since WrestleMania 29, two and a half years ago, and he's still got a lot of momentum from breaking the streak last year. I still say it's too soon. I don't want to see a third match. Lesnar wins here. I like the whole handshake thing. I think that'd be a great way of going off the show. Um, I can. I mean, you could possibly see. I don't know, maybe Kane showing up after Taker, you know, after Lesnar took him out. I don't really want to see that. Hopefully, that's not in the, in the case in the books. Um, Kane, a Sting appearance to build to an Undertaker match at WrestleMania. That's highly doubtful. I don't think we're ever even getting that match, unfortunately. But that's another possibility. But then again, we got interference in the main event of last year of of last month's main event. So I don't really know, but um, I'm with you, Mike. I got Brock Lesnar going over here. I don't know if it's clean or not. I have no idea, but I feel like of the two, he needs to win more. And um, like I said earlier, it's it's only going to mean more the longer they have him undefeated or go unbeaten since um, breaking the streak. It's going to mean for it's going to mean more for who eventually beats him. And it should not be Undertaker. It's, you know, he already won at WrestleMania. It's not like he's on a losing streak. So I got Brock Lesnar here too. So Arden, who do you got going over, Brock Lesnar or the Undertaker? I think you have to go back Lesnar here because it goes back to all the reasons you guys just said. Momentum, you know, he's been built into being this beast, you know, in the WWE more than anything. What Brock Lesnar has magnified his wins and his presence so much more to where having Taker beat him minimize what he's done lately. And especially they look like, okay, Taker beats Lesnar. We know Taker from there on, unless he's going to be more active over the next few months. We know Taker, for the most part, is going to disappear until his WrestleMania season again. So, it makes no sense for him to really win with Lesnar. Lesnar is going to be a guy that's going to be a president on Raw on basically a monthly basis, regardless of how often it is. You know, Lesnar, until the start of the new year, he's going to be there on Raw, and we know he's going to be in the title picture once again. So he needs to be uh, Undertaker. Why not? If we're going to build his name into the beast, and he's going to be a part of the picture and the movement for WWE, while Taker's time is basically running up, I mean, I really don't see no point in seeing Taker again after next year's WrestleMania. If the Texans let him appear there, win a great match, and so he can move on, Lesnar just has to win. He has to win here. He has to win, and it should be a fair match. No interference, no chain, no whatever. Let those two slug it out, and in the end, Brock Lesnar wins with, I don't know, his fourth F5 or whatever. I agree because, um, I agree with you saying that it has to be clean, um, because they booked Lesnar, I've said before, they booked Lesnar so well over the past year that anything other than a clean win or a loss would kind of hinder his momentum a little bit. And plus, you know, I don't know what Undertaker's deal is, and I know that Brock's new deal, he's got a little bit more date, but typically, you know, this is the time where, you know, Brock will win, and he'll go he'll go away and he'll go to Rumble. I'm sure they he might have, you know, maybe another match, maybe a Survivor Series, but I doubt the new deal has got many more dates. Um, so, you know, have Lesnar win, and then, you know, have both of them, you know, move on, and we'll see them again until, you know, Survivor Series, you know, hopefully Survivor Series, because I do like both of them. Um, but, you know, they're going to win, or one of them's going to win, and then they're both going to go away. 
I like both of you guys' points because, like you said, Mike, he signed on for more dates. I think he's working like an MSG house show or something, Lesnar, that is, in October. I think Taker is doing some tour of Mexico, but he's not going to be doing TV. He hasn't showed up since, I mean, he was on Raw yesterday, but Lesnar appeared um, after their brawl. Taker hasn't. He showed up the night after Battleground. He showed up the Raw right before SummerSlam, so he's not doing many appearances. And it's funny, too, because he's not the one that's making... You know, he, he doesn't have limited dates. Brock Lesnar does. Undertaker could show up, and they can use they can use him as much as they want, but they choose not to, or he chooses not to. I don't know what the deal is, but he's going to be there. If Taker wins and he doesn't show up until WrestleMania, what does that say about Brock Lesnar? The guy's going to be here for the rest of the fall, you know, making at least an appearance at the MSG House Show in October or Survivor Series or at least the Royal Rumble, and Taker won't show up until WrestleMania. So it wouldn't make any sense. And, you know, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be there, so it doesn't really matter, but... I gotta go with Lesnar. That's a great point. No, that's a great point. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I remember um, when Punk did his podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's dead. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's one of the things that really pissed him off was, okay, I'm gonna lose to The Rock, part timer. Okay, I'm gonna lose to The Undertaker, a part timer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I'm gonna lose to Brock Lesnar, a part timer. Where do I go from there? These guys are beating me, and then they're going away, and makes me look like you know, makes me look like a schmuck. So yeah. I don't really agree with you. Yeah, well, in this case, too, I mean, it's kind of funny because both guys are part-timers, but, you know, Brock Lesnar makes a lot more appearances than, Le- than uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar makes a lot more appearances than Taker does, so it kind of makes him more of a more of a full-timer than, than Undertaker, but, no, I do agree. I think it's, um, I think we're all in agreement that Lesnar needs the win on Sunday. So on that note, guys, that's going to finish up our hour-and-a-half extravaganza SummerSlam predictions. Thanks both guys for thanks to both of you guys for joining me for a great show. And, Mike, I'll start with you. Um, where can the people find you? Twitter, Facebook, website, anything. Where can the people find you on social media? Um, sorry, what did you say? Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Where can the people find you on Twitter and uh, social media and whatnot? Uh, um, we're doing a little final goodbye thing. Uh, <laughs> first things first, calling out RJ. No excuse not to be on tonight. That's not like I don't like to see that from an Indicott goal. All right, I don't like to see that. No showing. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, people want to you know hit me on Twitter um, at Yodair Y O D A I R two one Yodair twenty one. Um, I'm on there talking. You know, I talk wrestling. You know, Mondays and pay per views and stuff like that. Um, or it's just any sports in general. We've got football coming up, and I know Arden's the same way. Uh, football coming up, baseball playoffs in October, any type of sports, you know, hit me on Twitter. Um, I love to talk, you know, love, love to talk to people on Twitter. So Sounds great. And Arden, where can the people find you on Twitter, your show, everything? Where can the people get you at? Yeah, man, anything that you want to know about me in terms of the podcast and the radio show and my Tumblr, my blog, basically find me on Twitter at Arden Sports Talk, A-R-D-E-N Sports Talk. Find me on there, follow me, I follow back. Grant, thank you once again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Enjoy SummerSlam on Sunday. I'll see you, hopefully see you in Brooklyn at some point. Yeah, hopefully, man, hopefully. We'll definitely find a way to meet up. Sounds, yeah, meet up for sure. sounds great. Mike, and I'll hopefully be seeing you this weekend as well. Hopefully we'll, we'll be hopefully planning something out over SummerSlam weekend. Absolutely, man. You guys have a, have a good night, man. You too. Mike, right, I'll Grant. see you. Grant, thank you again for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. No problem, guys. I'll catch you guys both down the line. See you guys. Man, those guys are great. Never get tired of having Arden and Michael here on the show. Once again, shout out to those boys for coming on WrestleRant Radio here today for a one and a half hour spectacular. 
particular as we preview SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver this weekend. This is what we wait our entire lives for, people. I know WrestleMania is WrestleMania. You can never not be excited about WrestleMania, but SummerSlam is the WrestleMania of the summer, and we're only five days away. Yeah, five days. Five days away, people. I mean, by the time you listen to this on Wednesday, maybe it's four days. If you're listening to this on Thursday, it's three days. But the bottom line is this. SummerSlam is here. It is almost now. And it is this weekend in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. And I can't say it enough. Yours truly will be there. So therefore, obviously, next year on Restaurant Radio, on this very show, I'm giving my full review, my on-site report for SummerSlam. Yours truly is going to be there. Um, RJ Marceau, my usual co-host here on WrestleRant Radio. In addition to at underscore John Stargan on the Twitter, John, John Knapp will be with me. Will be my wrestling buddy for SummerSlam this upcoming Sunday. Um, and many others as well. Arden will be there on the show. We'll be there in Brooklyn for SummerSlam in addition to Raw, as he told me before he we went live. So that's pretty awesome. And, of course, Raw will be in Brooklyn the very next night, the very same arena the night after SummerSlam. I will not be there, but I will sure as hell be there for SummerSlam. So if you see me, the mark wearing a... I don't even know what shirt I'm going to wear yet, but I'll be, I'll be, the, I'll be the guy having a, a huge tattoo on my forehead that says Mark, because that's exactly what I am, people. But anyway, like I said, next Tuesday right here on the show, the final taped episode of WrestleRant Radio in Season 2 of the summer before we go back live on EC Radio, um, ECRadio.com, or rather Live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. Yes, we are back to being live two weeks from tonight, September 1st, 2015, RJ will be joining me live in studio for a full review of SummerSlam, Raw, Tough Enough, Total Divas, WCW Nitro, Superstars, okay, maybe not the last few there, but you know, you get what I'm what, what, what I'm getting at here, people. It's going to be a night of epic proportions two weeks from tonight on WrestleRant Radio, on EC Radio, our first live show since May. But don't miss out on next week, though. The two-hour, uh, not the two-hour, it might be two hours, we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, today's show is a little over an hour and a half, so you never know what you're going to get here on WrestleRant Radio. But next week, right here on WrestleRant Radio, a full in-depth analysis of SummerSlam from people that were there with that underscore John's jargon. Hopefully, if he can make the show, it depends on whether he's working or not. In addition to RJ, he's already been set in stone. He's booked. He will be here next week over the phone to help me break down SummerSlam. But in the meantime, and in between time, be sure to check out PW247.net. Nick was on the here la- was here on the show last week. Awesome dude. Always great talking to him about wrestling and everything else going on in the world, whether it be wrestling or, or otherwise. Um, he was here on the show last week. We broke down WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, Global Force Wrestling, basically the entire state of pro wrestling right now. It's a great time to be a fan, as you could probably tell from my enthusiasm here on the show today. But uh, yeah, we had a great conversation last week. Be sure to check that out. But yeah, also be sure to check out PW247.net and Gorilla Blood, which airs at 10 p.m. Eastern Time every single Tuesday night on that very website, hosted by Nick himself and the rest of the Gorilla Blood, uh, and the rest of the Gorilla Blood crew. Also, you guys can find me on Twitter at WrestleRant, at WrestleRant rather, not WrestleWant, um, at WrestleRant on the Twitter. You guys can find me live tweeting there all throughout the week as um, as you follow me along for my SummerSlam festivities. And um, I don't know if I'd be live tweeting from the arena. I'm going to try because like I've said here before on the show and otherwise and elsewhere, um, uh, my service sucks. I can never, ever live tweet Raw when I'm there. Uh, when I go to Raw at the XL Center, I know the XL Center and the Barclays Center are two very different things, but 
Bottom line, my cell service sucks, so we'll have to wait and see as to whether I can live tweet. But if that doesn't work, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews for full exclusive content as we quickly approach SummerSlam this Sunday. And last but not least, this very website, nextairwrestling.net, lots of new content up all week long in addition to my profiles on Bleacher Report, Hidden Remote, and What Culture. New articles almost up every single day. So be sure to check those out in relation to SummerSlam on Sunday, right here, nextairwrestling.net. Full coverage of SummerSlam, not live, because like I said, I'll be there, so it will be kind of impossible to do that, but my full written review of SummerSlam should be up on Monday, in addition to the audio review, obviously, right here in WrestleRant Radio, every single Tuesday. Next Tuesday, the Season 2 finale, before the Season 3 premiere, two weeks from tonight. So, of course, guys, with all of that being said, SummerSlam. Five days, baby. Get amped. Get pumped. I'm Graham Jason Matthews. Have a great rest of your SummerSlam week, folks. Enjoy SummerSlam on Sunday, and I'll catch you guys down the road.